Greetings, and welcome to Mind Matters News. We're continuing with excerpts from interviews that our host, Dr. Robert J. Marks, has given about his book, Non-Computable You. Up first, we have John Katzmatidis hosting the Cats Roundtable on WABC in New York City, talking with Dr. Marks about sentient AI and whether AI could predict school shootings. Uh, Dr. Marks, uh, tell the American people how you feel. Well, let me just start out by saying that I don't want to distract from artificial intelligence. It's doing great and exciting things. It'll continue uh, doing great and exciting things, but there's a lot of hype associated with it. Like uh, people think, well, is the Terminator going to come alive? Is uh, Are we ever going to face a scenario like we see in the matrix? And the answer is no. There are certain brick walls which artificial intelligence will never go through. And we know this because we're non-computable. It does turn out as far back as the 1930s, computer scientists knew that there were things which are non-computable. The biggest one was Alan Turing. He was the father of computer science, and he showed a bunch of problems which you couldn't compute. You couldn't take to the computer and, you could, and solve these problems. So this begs the question, are there things that, um, that humans do that are not computable? Well, if they're not computable, they're not going to be captured by artificial intelligence. I would maintain that the simple ones uh, to grasp are emotions like love and empathy and anger, uh, but more, more significant is the idea that artificial intelligence will never understand what it's doing, it'll never have sentience, and it will never be creative. Now, I've mentioned these things, and one has to be aware of seductive semantics. All of them need to be defined before they're deconstructed. But um, fundamentally, yeah, artificial intelligence is well, never going to go to... through that. And you're that... never going to have artificial intelligence which duplicates the human. Well, not not today. I mean, uh, I watch Star Trek, and uh, Data is doing pretty good. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, Dr. Marks, uh, the question is, give me what the, our creator who created us, the human brain as comparison to what today's computers are. Give me the comparison. Well, I, I, I don't believe so. I think that if one is a... Um, a diehard materialist and believes everything can be can be explained by science, uh, you know, or materialist, if you will. You have you can go to no other conclusion than the brain is nothing more than a computer made out of meat. But there are also some people, most notably Roger Penrose, won the Nobel Prize last year. Maybe it was the year before who says just the opposite. Uh, in fact, I learned a lot from Roger Penrose in reading his book. Uh, one was called The Emperor. And he pointed out that, yeah, there were things that computers, computers will never be able to do. And one says, well, what about computers of, uh, of tomorrow? Well, computable means computable. And if you go back to the 1930s computers, today's computers, and computers of the future, it all addresses the question is, is what you do computable? And in computer science, there's something fancy called the Church-Turing thesis, which basically says that, that even computers of the future will be limited to do computable things, and they will be able to do them faster, they'll have more memory, uh, they'll be more amazing, but basically, we could do them on computers here, even though it would take longer. Can, can artificial intelligence, can we develop them to have emotions the way we have? 
you can always make artificial intelligence simulate emotions. I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, AI, where there's no, I, I did, but but there was rumors around that Google last week had a computer that was a sensual being in artificial yes. intelligence, and the computer was afraid it's going to be turned off and was going to hire the computer was going to hire a lawyer. <laughs> yes, you know there, there are so many ways to take down uh, that story, John. Um, uh, one of the things about these hype stories is usually they come out and the the rebuttal doesn't get the press that the original claim did. And if you look back in the Washington Post, a recent article said that uh, this this computer program that was named Lambda was trained using dialogue of over 100,000 questions and answers. These were called crowd workers. These are guys that come in and you hire them to do something. And they were told explicitly, and this is a quote, the crowd workers are explicitly informed to reply in a safe, sensible, specific, interesting, grounded, and informative manner. And guess what the artificial intelligence was trained to do? It was trained to respond in a safe, sensible, specific, interesting, grounded, and informative manner. The computer didn't interpret what the answer should be. It was pre-programmed by the programs. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, there's the old thing of garbage in, garbage out. Uh, computer programs, including artificial intelligence, will do exactly what the programmer uh, said they're going to do. They will never be creative. Go Fifty ahead. years ago, I was a computer programmer. I programmed when I came, when I had my first three stores, I programmed the computers, the basic four computer at that time. Now I'm, okay. I'm, just, a, I'm just an idiot right now with these new computers. But uh, Can the computer uh, uh, sort out uh, all the social messaging and predict who we should look at, who the FBI or the, or the CIA should look out for really bad people? Yeah, you know, in fact, I have an article written uh, about this recently. Can AI help with school shooters? And the answer is definitely yes. I mean, we've known the characteristic of school shooters for a long time. And I think AI can allow us to drill deeper in there and better identify these people. One of the problems is that this AI can tell us uh, who the school shooters might be. But there is something lacking called an explanation facility. It can tell us who that computer, who that uh, potential shooter is going to be, but it can't tell us why. And yes. so it can aid us in doing that, but this is never going to stand up as due process in the court of law. And there's actually legal history of where AI has identified troubling people and the court has thrown it out because the AI could not explain why it reached this conclusion. Dr. So, Robert yeah, Marks. It, it can help. It can, it can help as a tool, but not as a final authority. David Krieger hosts the Power Hour, which can be found on KCXL in Liberty, Missouri, and KTRW in Spokane, Washington. Here's Dr. Marx's response to a question about the artificial intelligence church. In fact, there, there's there's entire religions which are which are based on artificial intelligence. One of the most incredible ones is a guy named Anthony Lewandowski, who founded an AI church. And the AI church, it, here's here's some examples. 
we are told that someday we will be able to be uploaded to a computer and we can be reborn into an eternal life of of silicon and uh so that that that's kind of copying from the Christian church about, uh, you know, immortal life. That's the way they want to do a more immortality. They also say that AI someday is going to write better AI that writes better AI. Now, that's going to assume that the artificial intelligence is creative. In order for artificial intelligence to write better AI, it has to do something that was not in the intent of the original programmer. So it has to come up with creative ways of writing better and better AI, and that isn't going to happen. But um, if if one has the foundational ideology, one believes that, uh, that that we are computers made out of meat. Our brains are computers made out of meat. And indeed, there is ample evidence that there's something going on there which is not computable. Uh, the things that I mentioned, for example. So this Lewandowski guy founded something called the Artificial Intelligence Church. This was for real. He was in California, and he founded the church. And uh, what do you do when you find a church? First thing you do is you write a letter to the IRS trying to get tax exemption, right? So he wrote a little letter to the uh, to the artificial church. To the, I'm sorry, to the IRS about his about his church, and in it he said um, he said the way of the future church that was the name of his church believes in the realization, acceptance, and worship of a Godhead based on artificial intelligence developed through computer hardware and software. This was a for real church which was founded in California, and. Lewandowski uh, started this church. I, I don't think he got very many members. I don't know if he got any members, for example, for example. But I do know that there's a lot of people that worship at this artificial intelligence church that believes artificial intelligence is going to take over someday. Interestingly, Lewandowski, in, in, go ahead. No, did the IRS actually grant him the 501c3 status? <laughs> You know, I don't know. I don't know a hundred percent. I do know that he applied for it, and I, you know, the IRS, knowing how they do these tax exemptions, probably did. I don't know that oh, for certain. Though. Yeah, yeah, how do they greet okay. each other when you walk in? Nanu, nanu. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it was a curious thing. But interestingly, the AI Church had no equivalent of the Ten Commandments because soon after founding the founding the AI Church, Lewandowski was a Silicon Valley wunderkind, as they say. Was uh, he was working at Google under their self-driving company called uh, Whammo, and he wanted to move to Uber's self-driving company. And when he did this, he took 14,000 files with him. And he was convicted of intellectual property theft. So they didn't have a commandment about thou shalt not steal. Um, so the interest, but the really interesting thing is that he eventually went bankrupt. His church now is closed because he can't afford to do it. He had, he had um, Google had a judgment against him for uh, in the millions, and uh, Lewandowski just couldn't afford it. So that doesn't, you know, that, that that's where the AI church went. Where, and I think that people may not understand AI is is basically like two categories. Artificial intelligence and artificial general intelligence. What's the difference between the two? Well, artificial intelligence is, 
defined differently in different places. If you get into my field and you go to these specialty conferences, they tease apart the idea of computational intelligence and machine intelligence and artificial intelligence. But I think I think for the purposes of discussion, we can go with the kind of media definition, which is anything that a computer does that when you see it, you go, wow, that, you know, that was really incredible. So that is, uh, that's my definition of artificial intelligence at a very, very uh, high level. Artificial general intelligence is this hope, this religion, that in some, some way, in some day, that we are going to have artificial intelligence which duplicates everything that a human being can do. We've already talked about the fact that it's never going to be creative or sentient or, or have understanding. A uh, computer can add the numbers 15 and 20, but it doesn't know what the numbers 15 and 20 are. It has no understanding of what it's doing. And it's um, it's kind of like a software of the gaps. They believe that someday that they will have this software that um, that, that actually is is able to duplicate humans and then... There is this idea of even going further than AGI, and that's to go to superintelligence. This was the topic of Craig Kurzweil's book, um, The Singularity is Near, I believe was the name of it. But it was the idea that AI would be creative and write better software, better AI, that in turn would write better AI. Pretty soon we're just we're, we're, we're up against just a superintelligence. And uh, that is never going to happen because all the superintelligence and AGI requires that the computer be creative. And the computer itself is never going to be creative. There is Now, you have to define creativity here, and we can do that. But uh, no, there is no evidence that a computer has ever been creative. AI has never, ever been creative. And... Well, let me let me define it really quickly. Creativity is when the AI does something that is beyond the explanation or intent of the computer programmer. In other words, the computer does exactly what it's what it's told to do, and uh, that's that's the uh, that, that's the test for creativity. If the artificial intelligence can do something which is beyond the explanation or the understanding of the computer program or somebody with similar sort of expertise. Now, that doesn't mean that AI can give us, it won't give us things that are very surprising. They give us surprising results all the time and many times unexpected results. But in every case, the computer and the AI is doing exactly what it was programmed to do. You could go up to, I don't know if you remember, but there was this artificial intelligence that that championed the world's most difficult board game, Go. Or we can even take chess, which is a more um, a more familiar example. And you could go up and you could ask that software, um, explain to me the rules of chess. And it couldn't do it unless somebody came in and programmed to do it. So what it, what, what, what this incredible program did was phenomenal. I mean, it, it, it beat, geez, I don't know, decades ago, the world champion in chess. But it's very narrowly focused. It is not creative. It can't even explain to you the rules of chess. And that's, in general, what is characteristic of AI is the inability to do something that it wasn't programmed to do. Well, and see, the old saying, Dr. Marks, was that computers are only as smart as their human counterparts. And I still hold that to be true. Absolutely. 
Pastor Greg Young is the host of the nationally syndicated talk show Chosen Generation on USA Radio Networks, which can be found on stations including KTRB in San Francisco, KDIS in Little Rock, and KYAH in Delta, Utah. Here he is with Dr. Marks discussing artificial intelligence and patents. There he is. Hi, Dr. Marks. Yes, I can. Welcome aboard. Great to have you with me. Thanks for being here. Well, yeah, it is good to be here. Um, We switched to Zoom real quick, so I had to go comb my hair. Uh, (laughs) I completely understand. I have to, I have my, uh, I have, I have, I have my, my bathroom brush and my desk brush here. So I, I've got, <laughs> exactly. you know, I gotta, and you gotta, you gotta brush your, your beard and then you gotta brush your yeah. hair. And yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, my brother. I'm okay. right there with you. You look great, by the way. You look spectacular. Well, thank you. You, yes. you do too. Yeah. Um, I, I do have to admit my beard is better than yours. But, I know. Uh, I know. It, it, well, you know, I, I had mine like that, but I was, I was, my problem was is I was carrying too much of dinner with me. So I Exactly. <laughs> well, in, in, in fact, Pastor Young, that's the reason my wife made me shave up here my mustache because she says she says uh, that it, it it contains the aromas of meals past. So so uh so that had to go. Oh dear, I hear you. I hear you. Well, one thing that AI doesn't have is his beards. They, yeah, they, that's right. They don't. No, they. They, they don't they, have beards. They among among a number of other human attributes. Well, right? yeah, like conscience and things of that nature. So I, it's funny when I when I uh, put out the kind of the lead into this, I was like, well, it's like the Terminator has arrived, right? You know, yeah. does uh, <laughs> should they? And it's I and I have Alexa. I think a lot of people have Alexa, you know, for lights and different things of that nature. Sure. And uh, and so I, my my uh, my Echo turned off the lights this morning, and I and I said thank you, and 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 they said oh thank you you have made this AI's day, and I <laughs> and I as I and I thought about that as we were rolling into this a number of years ago I can't remember which but I had a guest on a pretty wealthy guy that was talking about AI. And saying, look, you, you, people need to understand this is the greatest threat to humanity. This is it. And, and people need to understand it. And this is a guy who invests in AI, has been involved in development of AI and so on. But he was just saying, look, people need to be aware that, that, that there needs to be controls on on ai oh exactly exactly i would argue that it is not the greatest threat i would say that thermonuclear uh, weapons are a greater threat i would say that emps that have the capability of taking out our power grid are a bigger threat sure. um and ai i think is often overestimated in what it can do Okay. And, uh, and in, in movies such as The Terminator, AI itself will never be sentient. It'll never understand what it's doing and it will never be creative. And all of these things are required for all of these dystopian future sort of things to happen. So, so your suggestion too is, is that some of our, now we're talking about AI and a, and a patent. That's, that's, that's part of the question that's right. going on here. 
Um, how did we arrive at a place where a where it would be suggested that AI, which is a which is actually an uh, not really that that's not an entity. It, it's not a corporation. Uh, it it's not an individual. It's not a partnership. Um, it, it doesn't really fall within any of the guidelines or terms that are that we would associate with an entity uh, with autonomy that would be entitled to that kind of of protection. Yes, in fact, the U.S. Patent Office has said that uh, patents can only be issued to humans. And then we have to fight back, or we have to push back, because it's the truth of the reality of the assumption that computers can be creative. Computers do not have the ability to be creative, and we have to define creativity. Creativity is something, if a computer program is creative, it does something which is beyond the intent, beyond the expectations, beyond the explanation of the programmer. Let's talk about the patent issue, and then let's go back to the war games and, and again, kind of, you know uh what what we see in that as as this computer computing the end of the world if you will right. uh which i think was you know maybe that's kind of the genesis right for the whole concept of terminators and 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 so on but let let's talk first about the patent issue you were mentioning that the Patent office says that patents are only available to human beings. So how do we get to a debate then about AI and, and whether or not AI should in fact be granted a patent? Well, it's, it's like looking across the room. I'll, I'll dovetail into your answer here just sure. for a second. It's like lo- looking across the room at a bouquet of flowers. You don't know if they're real or not. Okay. And then uh, you go up more closely and you examine the flowers and you say, you know, these leaves don't feel right. Ooh, there's no dirt to, in the pot. Uh, this, <laughs> this, this must be fake flowers. It's the same thing with artificial intelligence. On the outset, when artificial intelligence does something, there can be the illusion of creativity. But any of the creativity that happens from artificial intelligence is due to the programmer. Okay. And I'm an engineer, and us engineers do things like um, design stuff, right? And design, design is. It's been a, known to happen. It's been known to happen exactly. So des- design is an iterative sort of process. You come up with a prototype. Well, it doesn't work very well, so you do a little bit of of changing on it, and you, you do another implementation, and ah, there's still some things wrong with it. So you iterate. You do a search for the best solution. In fact. There's probably stuff in your household now that was so designed. Uh, you're familiar with Formula 409? Okay. You know why it's called 409? Because it took 409 tries before they got the proper, uh, <laughs> the, the proper chemical that worked very well. It's the same thing with WD-40. WD-40 stands for water displacement on the 40th attempt. And it was done by a, uh, industrial chemist who, uh, iterated over and over and over again. So artificial intelligence uses invariably a lot of this iteration, either on the front end or the back end. Okay. And in one of those cases, what it does is it it just it doesn't need a wet lab like they needed for WD40 or Formula 409. All of the design 
information is within the computer it's program. It's in the computer program, sure. Yes, okay. and so we can do it over and over and over again, and the faster the computer program does, the better. Um, one of the AI issues, this is not the one in front of, front of federal court, but it was um, a new type of antibiotic which was discovered using artificial intelligence, and they, they, they generated a number of different antibiotics. How did they do it? They searched through 100 million different molecules. Now, the computer had enough knowledge within the computer program to do this search. Right. And so, but it uh, couldn't go that, outside of those boundaries, creativity, create creatively, and and come up with an answer that was outside of the scope, beyond the the information that had been put into its brain, so to speak. That that's exactly right. In fact, there's an old saying: uh, you thinking outside of the box. And that's exactly what artificial intelligence or garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> garbage out. That's another one. That's another one. Yes, exactly. So, our, so yeah. If if you're a garbage programmer, you're going to get garbage out. And uh, if you're a good programmer, the only thing the artificial intelligence is going to do is what you tell it to do. Now, with that in mind, the results can be surprising. They can be unexpected. Sure. Uh, but that does not that does not imply creativity. The programmer. Well, itself was the one that guided towards that solution or 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 yeah and 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 as you mentioned processing speed so the speed at which the conclusion in other words whereas it might take a human 50 years for example to get to a particular answer just because of how it how how we have to process you could go and put something into a supercomputer put all the components into that and based on its processing speed, it can arrive at that in I don't know how however however long, depending on processing speed and information. Exactly. The head of the uh, Allen Institute for AI in Seattle said something kind of profound. He said, "AI is nothing but a pencil." In the following sense, no sure. matter what a no matter sure. what a computer program does, if you right. were given a million or a billion years, you could work it out with a paper and pencil. Right. Right. Because really that's all we've done is, is we've created a, a, a processor. That's why they're called processors. It, it's, it's, yes. it's a, it's a process and then we attach a program to that process. The faster the processor, the more information created within the program. It's really the genius of the programmer, not the genius of the AI. Which brings us back to the patentability issue. Right. The AI itself is nothing more than a tool mm-hmm. and should no more be granted a patent than my word processor should be given credit for an article I write. You know, it's, it's just a tool sure. to get sure. me to a final solution. And right. make no mistake, it's a very powerful tool. Right. And it's, it's a tool, like any tool, it can be used for good or it can be used for evil, but uh, it's a tool that we have available now to us. And and so uh, we're going to run out of time. So what I'm going to have to do is is I'm going to have to bring you back on to kind of go into the whole war games and Terminator thing as a specific topic matter for us to really break down and discuss to help people well, understand. If you do, if you do, I got to go yeah. back and rewatch War Games. It's been many years. Uh, okay, so. all right, sounds but good. I'll be happy to sounds do that. good. Non Computable You is the name of the book. Non Computable You by Dr. Robert Marks. Dr. Marks, thanks for being with us this morning. I truly appreciate it. It's been a very enjoyable conversation. Well, thank you, Pastor Young. I enjoyed it myself.